The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Orlando Eastwood, director of On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. On Aaron's Horror Show, we're going to go ahead and read some horror fiction and talk about horror in all its forms, books, movies, you name it. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can go ahead and contact Aaron's Horror Show at Gmail or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hi, welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We are going to go ahead and talk about The Haunting on Hill House. Yes, The Haunting on Hill House. If you haven't seen it, it's a 10-episode series from Netflix. I would really suggest stopping this episode and watching it. No, seriously, go ahead and watch it. It is terrifying. It's good. Watch it. Okay, I was pausing for dramatic effect there, because maybe you, you listened to me, you went and watched it right away. Uh, but if you're continuing to listen and you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this series. And I'm not going to bother about spoiling the series for you. So, you know, uh, you, can, you can continue listening or you can go and experience it for yourself. And when I say experience it, I really mean it. It's a... It's a it's really well crafted. It's 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 good because there's a lot of good uh, character interaction. Like the family in it is really well developed. I think that they're all very real and vivid people, and they all have this drama that kind of circles between them. But it's also a good ghost story. There's a lot of good scary moments in the series. Uh, one particular, there is a. A moment where this kid is under his bed because he sees this really creepy thing out in the hallway and uh, you know he he waits under the bed for it to leave and it's leaving and then he literally can't hold his breath any longer and he, he, he breathes in and the thing turns around and then comes back to his bed and the uh, feet of this thing is right there under you know he could see it right there under the bed 
and then these really long fingers lift up the mattress. Oh, so scary. Yeah, see, that's the kind of spookiness that's going on in this. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good moments. There's a moment where they're, they're driving in a car, and uh, they're having an argument, and, and these two characters had several arguments up to this point, and, you know, so you're, you're kind of thinking, okay, this is another argument, and then a ghost pops out, like, literally jumps out and scares you, and it's interesting, because those, like, uh, you know, cat scares, the ones that kind of pop out and, like, have you jump out of your seat... Uh, they're really hard to do on audiences nowadays because uh, you you know we we we've seen it all before, right? Like like you can't really make us jump out of our seat because you know we 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 know we we all watch movies. We all know oh something's gonna pop out any minute now and scare us, right? So they had to kind of make you think oh this is family drama. There's gonna be no ghosts during the family drama scenes. Oh we're gonna put a ghost. And so they get you comfortable with the fact that when family drama's going on, there's no ghost, and then they plop a ghost in there, and <laughs> yeah, it, it, it made me jump out of my seat. So, you know, um, I know I haven't really talked about the overall story yet, but I, I just want to say that, you know, the what I really like about it is it has a very old... Uh, sense of storytelling. In fact, there's a lot of monologues. I mean, monologues. I'm serious. We're talking about, like, go to the theater, watch Hamlet. Hamlet has very famous monologues that last for two minutes, four minutes, five minutes, even more. Uh, there's a big time where the character is, is just talking. And, you know, you don't really see that in, in storytelling nowadays. Like, if a character is telling you a story about their past they'll usually start telling the, the story and then it will cut back to this flashback scene where you we see the story happening and then cut back to the future right whereas in this uh, particular series there's a lot of moments where they just literally tell a story from the character in monologue form without any interruption of the monologue it's like literally straight monologue acting and I kind of like that like I kind of miss that like I don't necessarily we, we don't really see monologues much anymore like you know uh, a, a more famous monologue for those of you that are like oh okay I, I don't watch this Shakespeare Hamlet stuff uh, 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 Jaws Jaws had a monologue in it uh, the, the, the guy that uh, hunts sharks he had a pretty good monologue about how he would hunt the shark and, and, and kill it, you know, and and so if you've seen Jaws, you, you, you've seen monologue acting, right, or or there was a point in, in, in time where monologues were pretty good, but you don't really see them much anymore, and this series does them, and they do them well, so I, I kind of appreciate that, and this sort of old-school storytelling is kind of because uh, this is based on a book. It's based on a book by uh, Shirley Jackson, the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. 
Uh, for those of you that don't know Shirley Jackson, she wrote The Lottery. The Lottery is uh, basically a story uh, about a village that does this lottery every year, and it, it's very sort of, it's a normal story in the beginning. It's like, uh, there's a bunch of people, they're in a village, they're talking about apple pie, they're talking about the harvest, they're talking about, you know, Aunt May and her her milk pie, or whatever, I don't know, I'm <laughs> making stuff up at this point, but anyways, it's a very normal scene, and then they're doing this lottery, they're calling out numbers, and then eventually you realize that the person that wins the lottery gets stoned to death. So, yeah, they're they're doing this lottery in order to do a, a human sacrifice, and it's kind of a disturbing story, and that's <laughs> Shirley Jackson. Now, I haven't read The Haunting on Hill House, but, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> If if it's anything like this Netflix series, it's going to be spooky and good and kind of creepy. And, and uh, yeah, no, it, it's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting series. The, the one thing that I like about it is it unravels the mystery in kind of a way that... Uh, like, in the beginning, you, you see things happening and you think they're just kind of creepy things happening, but they make way more sense at the end where, where they're, they're actually kind of things happening for a reason or, or it's not just like, Oh, this is kind of creepy. I'm going to do this. Uh, it, it's, it, they're, they're happening because yeah, that's the way that it happened. Uh, <laughs> I know it's very vague when I'm okay. Okay. Spoiler alert. Uh, there is one character that dies pretty early on in the series and that character, when she's a child, you know, keeps seeing this ghost. And then she eventually realized that the ghost that she is seeing as a child is her own death as an adult. And that's the kind of <laughs> kind of creepiness, and, and that's kind of what I mean by, you know, things make a, a lot of sense at the end that might just seem like kind of dressing in the beginning, you know? Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, for that reason alone, it's, it's good. Uh, it's a good series to watch. I, I think you'll enjoy it, you know, and, and it's the season, right? It's October, man. It's it's the time to kind of curl up and watch something scary, and it's ten episodes long, so it's a lot of lot of uh, time to watch it. So, you know, if you're the faint of heart, if you're like, oh man, I I can't handle creepy things. I'm a, a little terrified of creepy stuff, Aaron. If you are, why are you listening to this podcast? First off, uh, but you know <laughs> that aside, if you are. No harm, no foul, man. Just just watch it in the daylight, you know? Like, literally, like, like yeah, watch this over lunch, right? But if you're like, I want to be terrified, I want to be on the edge of my seat, I want to be scared, turn the lights off and watch this series. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to go ahead and say that as, as far as, you know, the classic hauntings go, this is probably one of the top uh, ghost narratives that I've seen. So I, I would definitely highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, so, you know, if you if you 
want to be scared, if you want to see something cool, interesting, have kind of good character interactions, and, uh, you know, there, there's something for everything. Oh, by the way, my, my wife watched this with me. She really doesn't like horror. She doesn't like being scared. This was very scary to her, but it was so good that she watched it anyways, which says a lot, right? If, if, if like some folks, you know, if it's scary, they're not going to watch it. Where and that's definitely her, but it was good and scary, so she keep wanting to watch it. I I said, hey, if you don't want to watch it, that's fine. I'll watch it myself. But no, she wanted to continue. You know, she wanted to keep watching it. So you know, uh, yeah, that that's something to be said. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess that's it. Uh, I, I can't really, you know, <laughs> say much more than just, yeah, watch the series. Enjoy the season. It's October, man. You gotta line up a bunch of scary stuff to watch this week. Just do it. Just watch something scary every night. And if it's only one episode of this season, then, or of the series, yeah, that's, this is the series to watch this, uh, this Halloween all right, well, thank you so much for listening, and uh, I got some tuners for you up next. Chapter 26. They all appeared on the platform at headquarters. Hector held the hand at Meathook while Patel held on to DeAndre's leg when they had jumped. John was stuck with the suits of armor, and the invisibility cloaks were shoved into his backpack. The normal crew who managed the HQ monitoring equipment wore robes and pajamas and other sleepwear. They were running from station to station. A few of them were huddled around the communications center. They were debating about how they could punch a signal through to University 9 when Hector stomped on the platform and everyone realized he was there. He barked out orders. Somebody get a medical team now, he yelled. Everyone scrambled to get the crew off the platform and gave DeAndre some space. While the medical team was attending DeAndre, Ludi took the armor from John. I'll take that, he said. Hey, John said. I'm a fifth wheel around here. There are too many people crowding DeAndre as it is. At least let me be helpful and get this back to the lab with you, John said and kept half of them, to which Ludi was thankful. They were heavy enough that John was struggling to hold all of them, whereas his science-minded friend was about carrying his limit. Later, John dumped his load into the tinkering table in the lab. Without a word to John, Ludi set to work on the armor. He first pulled out a microchip from one of the armors that was burnt out, and then put the chip under a microscope and began making annotations on a notepad. John tinkered with the armor for a bit and said, Hey, if uh, tuning fries the tech that passes through the universe barrier, how are we supposed to get these things working? These didn't exactly come from Universe 1. Ludi didn't even look back to John. He was too busy writing down computations on a notebook. He held up a pristine microchip and said, Just because we aren't getting any new equipment from Universe 1 doesn't mean we don't have plenty in storage. There are plenty of spare parts that are capable of surviving the trip. I just need to find out enough to replace the ones that didn't survive the tune to get the suits working again. 
Universe One stocked up this facility well. They knew that sometimes we'd have to borrow tech from other universes, so they stocked this place with a bunch of stuff to repair other technology. Uh, wait, wait, so they just manufactured a microchip for every device from every universe? I'm not buying it. Uh, I, I said rig, didn't I? Ludi held up a fried microchip and the fresh one. Both of these are microchips. Quantum physics is in the same in both universes. Otherwise, there might not be matter, earth, and people to invent these stupid microchips. Since it's the same set of physical laws, the trick is getting a fresh chip to interface with the software on the armor after, of course, you find a way to connect the hardware to, you know, survive the tomb. John was a little overwhelmed. His father had prepared John for a better electronics understanding than most people his age, but he was still struggling with this alternate universe part. It was almost as if John wanted just to go home to his normal reality, when really all he had to worry about there was whether a cute girl would like him and meet him up at the mall. Ludi sensed the distress on John's face and said, You have cars in your universe? Uh, yeah. You were there, remember? I travel around a lot. They all get muddled after a while. Uh, think about it like a car. When we get to one that won't start, I can tear out the old engine, install a fresh one from Universe 1, and get the car running again. In case of this armor, I'm going to replace a chip with one that's uh, pretty close to the original, install the armor software with a new ship, and uh, hope, hope it works. But, but what if it doesn't? Then we hope to hell they don't kill Abby while I write a new software to reinvent the hardware you know, with Universe 1 parts. So, is there any Universe 1 bullets lying around? Seems to me like we could be the only one with a machine gun, you know? <laughs> Chemical reactions are different. I don't think even Universe 1 figured out how to bring explosives through the gap with, you know, without them exploding. Uh, anyways, unless you want your entire clip to go off in your pocket, I suggest you stick to medieval weaponry. Yeah, but why not make a phaser like on Star Trek or something if, if we're only the ones that could you know bring technology across the universes why not out take them it doesn't work that way none of the universe one tech has enough power for a stun gun much less a phaser what what about that stealing goo I, I used in the breach it, it seemed like that had quite a kick to it uh use that for the power of the phaser the energy released was the barrier between universes snapping shut. The goo was just a, a, a band-aid over the wound, so to speak. There has to be something we can use to make a weapon, John said. <laughs> Think of it this way. The cultists threaten all the worlds when they travel because they do it irresponsibly. Uh, I'm not about to make a weapon that could harm the barrier between universes, if even if I really did have that ability. The barrier between universes is a fragile thing, John. Think of it like a rubber band. Yeah, I, I heard this before. Too many cultists traveling through and it snaps. What about when enough cultists go through not to snap it, but to stretch it to the edge of its strength? What happens when it snaps back? John thought about the shockwave that shattered all the windows before the tidal wave of goop. It was large, but the world survived. He couldn't imagine what it would have been like if the breach was any larger. Universe One didn't give us the material to make weapons for a reason, John. 
I know you want Abby back. And, and so do I, but I barely know how to get this stuff working, much less go off inventing technology that I don't know if it'll even work, much less create instability between universes. But if cultists beat us to the phasers first, what are we going to do? They obviously invented a way to tune without the help of Universe One. It's not like they have our tuning equipment. I don't think they're interested in phasers. Why not? They aren't pure. Now, will you let me work? Chapter 27 John was upset. He wasn't sure why. Everyone was working as fast as they could to save Abby. He didn't like not being able to contribute anything. He went back to his room and paced back and forth. He wished he had access to his music collection. He remembered Patel talking about how they had this extensive music database from almost every known universe, but he couldn't figure out how to access it, so he was stuck with that freaking awful elevator music. John needed to calm himself down. He would listen to music when he was pissed or feeling out of sorts. Now, without music, he could just pace. All the options ahead of John were crap. The armor would help them move through the cultist universe, but after what he had witnessed already, he felt <laughs> he was at a disadvantage. Even though guns couldn't travel between the barrier, it didn't mean that guns weren't waiting for them on the other side. If Universe 89 knew they were coming, then, you know, they wouldn't have stand a chance. The only thing that saved them was the element of surprise. There'd be no surprise in the cultists. They had Abby and they knew the tuners would come for her. There was no telling what sort of technology they had developed in their own universe. John understood why Universe 1 didn't bother perfecting how to get advanced weapons through a tune. If Universe like the cultists or 89 had control of tuners HQ, they could walk into any universe and take control. Universe 1 probably knew what they were doing. The tuners couldn't ever be used. If the cultists took control, the tuners could be used to conquer different universes. However, the high-minded idealism was crap when one of their own was at risk. They couldn't leave Abby behind, but there wasn't much they could do to save her either. If he only had some music to clear his head, it would be easier to prepare. Just before he'd reached the point of desperation, he was about to load up the default crap music on his TF3, there was a loud bang at his door. John hit the switch and yelled, What? Patel was at the door. Your father. He's awake. John stood at his father's bedside. His father must have been pretty doped up because John wasn't sure his father knew that he was on a cushion of air at a hospital bed. There were still some tubes leading to his father's body, but not nearly as much as before when he was in critical condition. Dad, John began, I don't know how to explain this. We're at Tuner's HQ, his dad said. I know, son. Uh, they told you about us? John was incredulous. His dad seemed to be taking the fact that they're in some super secret installation between universes pretty well. At least, better than John had had. <laughs> it was a fact that was a little still unsettling, he, even though he had already traveled between universes himself. I know about it, John's father said. All along. Wait. Uh, you're, you're sane, John said, even though he had thought about the Berenstein Bears books that he had in the basement. We, we were relocated to a new universe when you were young. Do you remember the plane crash? 
The one that killed your mother and sister. Uh, yeah, but what does that have to do with this? Everything. The plane crash was caused by the cultists. They were after your sister and you. They didn't know that it was you that I had come back to see. But, but why would the cultists know about us? Because your mother and I, we were tuners. Before this could sink in, Hector's voice boomed in the entrance of the room. They were the best damn tuners I had the pleasure of serving with. Do ye? It's good to see you. Hector, how they sucker you into this director gig, Dewey said, and they embraced as much as they could. Wait, wait, you worked with my father, John said. Why didn't you tell me any of this before? It wasn't my place, Hector said. I meant to tell you, John, really, Dewey said. But then 14 came and went, and you didn't show any of the signs. Uh, signs of what, John said. He's getting pretty angry with his father. All this time, his father had known about his ability and didn't think to tell him. Not that John expected much from his father. His father would sit in that damn workshop all day and wouldn't even talk to his own damn son. Signs that you could tune, Dewey said. Why didn't you tell me? It's rare to pass on the tuning trait even when both parents can do it. We didn't want this life for you. But that wasn't your call to make. Ever think about including me in your decisions? Hector was the one that spoke next. When your parents aged out of tuning, they decided to stay in your mother's universe and raise a family. So we helped them find jobs, forge some credentials, you know, the standard retirement package. Believe me, it was the safest option. Cultists never attack retired tuners. You and your sister were too young to tune. We figured the attack on your mother's plane was just them being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Even when we transferred you and your dad to another universe. That still doesn't change the fact that you didn't tell me any of this. Dewey didn't have any words for him. He looked pitiful in the hospital bed and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right, John said. You should send him home. He always loved that workshop more than me. John pushed his way out of the room and slammed the door behind him. Alright, that was some tuners for you. Okay, well, I'm going to leave you with one bit of advice. So, let's say you decide to renovate this creepy mansion, <coughs> the plot of Hill House, and, you know, there's a, a bunch of uh, ghosts, <coughs> the plot of Hill House, and your whole family is seeing these weird ghosts, and there's a bunch of creepy stuff going on. Just pack it up and leave. Sell the house for whatever you bought it for. You obviously got a deal on it, right? Because if you're buying a, a creepy mansion to flip, you got it on the cheap. Uh, so just sell it on the cheap and, and let somebody else take that project. That, that's my advice, you know. Uh, don't, don't stay in the creepy haunted place. Seems simple enough. All right. So if you want to get some ghost on, if you want to hear some uh, stories from people just like you, Listen to Real Paranormal Activity on Mondays with Aaron Hunter. I'm on Tuesdays with some uh, talk about movies and, and some fiction. And then Terry's Mysterious Moments is on Wednesdays, and he gives you a lot of good 
historical stuff, and then finally, the Sandman's Lullaby. That is a fan-up cast. It comes out every so often, but it's cool stuff about dreams. And you know what? It's great listening to that because, you know, dreams are, are kind of windows to the soul. I'll leave you at that. All right, good night. Thanks for listening. <laughs>